reluctantly crouched at the starting line engines pumping and thumping in time the green light flashes the flags go up churning and burning they yearn for the cup they deftly maneuver and muscle for rank fuel burning fast on an empty tank reckless and wild they pour through the turns their prowess is potent and secretly stern as they speed through the finish the flags go down the fans get up and they get out of town the arena is empty except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can the sun has gone down and the moon has come up and long ago somebody left with the cup but he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we got ourselves a mailbag podcast talking about the Giants who have won three straight victories. Three straight victories for the New York Giants. Justin, how are you doing? Bobby Skinner, I can't even remember the last time that I was coming to you from my home. I feel like it's been a been a minute. I've been in the office. I've been in the warehouse. We've been doing stuff. But we got a mailbag for you. And I kind of like that the opening line again for the Saints game is minus six again. That's too big. The Giants will at least cover, and they won last week. So vibes are good. The Giants are in the playoffs until they're not. That's been my line. That is a big spread against the Saints who are not good. And I I saw a rant earlier from a Saints fan just like going off on Derek Carr and his family, which was kind of funny. But that's that's for the preview pod tomorrow that we'll get into all of that uh devito mania is getting bigger and bigger um so we'll get into that first before we get into this mailbag justin this episode was brought to you by austin westrom he's not eastrom he's westrom angelo uh di giuseppe he's a pizza person he's a pizza person he's a, he's a, we should maybe change from pizza person to tommy devito fan but we're all tommy <laughs> devito fans now annalee twite man uh won't you keep Annalie? You know that's the song I, I sang karaoke at uh, in Alabama. Yes, oh, take beautiful. a load off, Annie. Beautiful. Take a load for free. Jared Beerman. He's not a he's not a whiskey man. He's a beerman. He's kind of like me. Travis uh, Zidul. He's gonna Zidul you. TCB. Trailer. Carboys. Mark uh, McGowan. He's not leaving. He's McGowan. Ed Wines. Uh, Ironically, Ed doesn't whine very much. And then Ryan Finkel. Whoa. Einhorn is Finkel? Justin, who are these people? Whoa, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of Pete's people. And Bobby really did go all out on that karaoke song. I don't hear it in my nightmares. Patreon.com slash Talk Giants. $2 a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Hey, Patreon members, we've been celebrating Victory Monday. We even celebrated a Victory Tuesday this past week. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. And also, there's some shirts. There's some shirt raffles. Uh, people, uh, Bobby, I'll tell you what. You know, I'm in the office. The you know, I, I talk to the the salespeople, the numbers people, whatever, or the merch people. I think we've sold over 125 Tommy DeVito, like Tommy Cutlet shirts. That's good. She get which a bonus. Which is good. Which is which is which is really good. That's like the only shirt that we've put out this year. That like that's like really Giants related and not like talking Giants related, and it's sold like like cracking the. Eights. Well, what else would we make a shirt for? Dan- Daniel Jones tearing his ACL. 
Maybe we should just do a still shot of like the field goal being blocked and like put like the, you know, the background of like Vietnam. Nope. Uh, (laughs) Just, just that would be, uh, uh, you know, that would be just like, hey, remember that? Remember when the whole season got fucked on the first drive of the year? Ah. Memories. Um, Memories. Uh, Take it away, Steve. Nope. Take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. Curtis Johnson at Curtis with three S and two underscores. At this stage of the season, has your stance on Tommy's starting changed? Originally, I wanted Tyrod back, but I think Dable is right and he's earned the right to play. Yeah, it has for me. I mean, he he played good versus the Packers, right? Like... I don't look at the Commanders game, even though they put up points and there were some big plays, and say that's good quarterback play. I don't. Like, I, I really don't. I view that as bad quarterback play and Scheme was able to get some big plays out of it. And bad and defense. The Patriot, the pa- yeah. And yeah, that god-awful defense. And then the Patriots, you know, they scored 10 points off of turnovers. This was a game like he just actually played good. So, yes, I am taking Tommy DeVito more seriously. Where last week on this mailbag pod, I was sitting here like, hey, Tyrod Taylor to me, should absolutely be the starter, right? And I talked about, hey, he's 41st out of 41 QBs and EPA per play, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm not, like, declaring him, like, hey, this guy is it, right? This guy should absolutely be the backup. Um, there's still a lot of ways to go to till I'm at that point. But, yeah, I, I'm down with him starting. And I think we got to stop treating him like a meme a little bit, too. Like, and he's starting to get a little worn down from it. Like the press conference, the, you know, the media availability he had on Wednesday was just like over the top. Like Tom Rock, who's like on a roll with bad questions, (laughs) is asking him, uh, you you think this would be a big deal if it was anywhere else? You know, like, you know, he's like, you're from here, right? He's like, well, I'm, I'm from the area. So, you know, he's like, so no, I guess. He's like, yeah, but like, th- will this be happening if you were doing this for the Bears? It's like, what are you trying to say? Well, I'm not. Well, I'm not. I'm here. I'm yeah. doing it right now. He's like, I, I, guess we'll, I, guess we'll, I guess we'll never know. And then ask him, like, is your dad proud of you? Like, yes, my what? father is proud of you. You don't, you don't need to ask me that. How about we'll just watch the fucking game? Yeah, I'm watch a starting t- quarterback in the NFL, and I've won, you know. Now, three- he feeds into it. And maybe, it, it, here's the thing, though. I feel like it could be his family feeding into it more than him. But So, he's taking advantage I mean, of it. it's his family. Of course they should be proud of him and they should sell it. Yeah. And, and it's like you don't know when this is going to end, you know, especially for Tommy DeVito. Like, it, Yeah, but I think he's at a point now where it's like I'm I'm over the when is this going to end. And I'm like, I just want to play quarterback. Yeah, and, but and he and also I, brought this apart on stuff because he does obviously lean into it, do the celebration, all that right, shit. Right. But, hey, so, but everybody, everybody has – I mean, a lot of guys have celebrations. It's just that his celebration connects with a lot of people that live in this area and a lot of people that, that are, are you know around the country, around the world. So that's why it, it connects with people. But – yeah, he's earned the point to be like, yeah, I'm I'm a quarterback right now, and I am and I am the Giants quarterback. While while I still think Tyrod Taylor is like a better quarterback, he is. Tyrod Tyrod Taylor has uh, Tom, Tommy DeVito has earned the right to start for the 2023 Giants and and, and where they are right now. I I that the Packer game. I think kind of sealed it for me because Bobby, you got to think of it. Well, like he played this too. good quarterback in the Packers game. Like I, I don't think he played good quarterback in the other games. Like the that's where I'm like, okay. 
Because at that, up until this Packers game, I had not seen a game where right. I'm like, this is good quarterback play. But just think of right? how the season – think of how the season has gone, right? And even with Tyrod, it's like the offense is still – it's still not good. And uh, and obviously, I think how, how the season has gone, the offensive line has taken a trajectory upward as well. The more that they play together – the more Evan Neal is, the more time Evan Neal misses, and the more time that Andrew Thomas is back, I think the line has gotten better, which I think has helped the quarterback play get better uh, as well. But just think of Les how McKeithen. the two thousand, yeah, yeah, Marcus McKeithen JMS not in back. there, JMS uh, Josh Azudu not 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 in there either, Mark Lewinsky not seeing the field as much as he was early in the year, so all those things very much do matter. But just think of the two thousand twenty three Giants and and how it's gone, even if. Th- They've won under Tommy DeVito, and even if it's nasty, and and even if the quarterback play isn't great like it was in Washington, they still put up over 30 points, and they flat out just, they weren't doing that with any other quarterback not named Tommy DeVito, and remember this, Bobby, that Buffalo mistake that Tyrod Taylor made costed them the game. It costed them that game. Tommy DeVito has taken a lot of sacks which I guess you could say is a QB making mistakes, but you didn't. You have not seen Tommy DeVito make those like mistakes or fumbles or interceptions or things that would make the conventional man, fan like really, really mad. So that Buffalo game was a tough pill to swallow for Tyrod Taylor, but just think of how the 2023 Giants season has gone. It's very unconventional, and it has been a, a bad season. Tommy DeVito has been the most stable part of it in a way. Yeah, and where I feel like I've been wrong is like, I kind of didn't give him the benefit of the doubt to get better, right? And he's right. gotten better in every game that he's played. And the Packers game was, like, good, right? Like, uh, you know, there's obviously, again, there's there's still areas of, like, huge improvement, obviously, right? Um, but, like, they were able to work some quick stuff versus because the Packers were playing so far off, like little hitches and speed outs and stuff like that, you know? Uh, but this game going through the film, he really didn't miss, like, oh, my God, this guy's wide open, throw the damn ball. Like, a couple mistakes, right? Like, on a third down, he throws the shallow to Jalen Hyatt because that's where they want to get, and Bellinger's open for the sit route. But it's not, like, obvious shit, and then had a couple like, just missed throws to Saquon and Wandale. But he did, he like, he got the ball out where it was supposed to be, and then when he didn't see it, he ran. Um, and then when you pair that, with the big boy throws like the Hodgins touchdown, the Wandale end of the game uh, throw. So you, when you pair that, not taking the sacks, creating plays with your legs, and then being able to operate some regular offense, well, that's you just put together a good game. And despite yeah. the fact that, yeah, I hate the Packers' defense, but guess what? That's a fucking NFL defense that just did really good against Patrick Holmes the week yeah. before. Yeah. Um, so like you have to give him credit for this Packers yeah. game. If Tommy DeVito can somehow go from a quarterback that took sacks at five times higher than the average rate. And that's not an exaggeration. It is five times higher than the average rate. I checked on that. If he could somehow go from a quarterback that took sacks five times higher than the average rate to, you know, good screen Bay took zero sacks and he can go from a, you know, you're going to, you're going to get sacked, you know, in a given game. It's not going to be zero sacks. Not creating sacks, basically. Not, not creating an overt amount of sacks. That's an awesome, awesome turnaround within itself, along with all of the other, you know, steps that he's making and, you know, making those big throws, getting better in the quick game and stuff like that. It's, hey, the same the same thing that I'm saying about the Giants' playoff chances, um, you know, Next Gen has them at like 4%, ESPN has them at t- like 2%, or I think the New York Times and their simulation has them at 2%. Tommy DeVito 
is a really fun story until it's not. And the Giants playoff run is relevant and it's a thing until it's not. Yeah, but here's where I, I've gotten past fun stories. Like, he put together a good game of QB play. So, if he goes out and puts together a couple more good games, like, against Philly, right? Obviously, the, you know, if, as long as this doesn't, like, what the fuck is going on out here? Like, this this is horrible bad. Like, if it's just, like, you know, regular, just our team's nowhere near as talented as that team type of football. Like, then, yeah, he's really in play for backup QB. Obviously not next year because you have the Daniel Jones thing unless they just flat out stick with DJ, but they've said they're not. We have a question. Totally we have a question that. about that in a little bit too. Um, but they like he is, but he might play himself into mm-hmm. where like you have you can't cut him on cutdown day. You got to keep him. You got to keep him as QB three on the fifty three man roster. Right. I was I was thinking I was in, I was having kind of like a conversation with that with somebody last week about Tommy DeVito. He may force the Giants' hands of literally keeping him on the roster as QB3 in kind of like a Davis Webb situation um, because he will get money else. He already got more money to go to New England, and I think he got more money to go to Washington to be a practice squad quarterback. And he said no. He wanted to stay home, wanted to stay here, and it's worked out for him. Yep. He's earned it. I had a moment where it's like, dude, Tommy DeVito preseason number two is going to be sick. I went and looked at my stat book of uh, post-COVID three-game preseason schedule stats. He's only like five yards away from being the Giants preseason uh, passing leader. In, we in may go era. undefeated. Oh, dude. That 2019 was so fun going undefeated in preseason. Kyle Laletta to who for the game winner against the Patriots? It was a tight this end, This one right? always escapes me even though I, I know it. It was a tight end, right? No, it was a wide receiver. It was a wide receiver. Not Coleman. No, no. This is a fourth. I'm pretty quarter sure guy. who it is. I'm going to look it up to make sure I'm right. No, I, I don't. I don't know. It's a fourth. I quarter think it guy. was Alonzo Russell. Okay, that makes sense. People, yeah, no, he he had a great preseason yep. that year. Yep, it was Alonzo Russell. Yeah. All right, Justin. Uh, yeah. I mean, do we have anything? Let me see. Make sure. I want to make sure I, I have everything in my notes. No, I, he's earned. He's earned the right to play. I mean, that's the. You know that that's the. I think that's Curtis's the the crux of his question. He's he's earned the right to play. Uh. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that I'm glad that they stuck with them. I'm glad that they kind of maybe maybe didn't didn't go with us. Biggest thing was not taking the sacks. Yeah, um, like that's to me it's by far the biggest thing with him. All right, Saints next question. A road game on the Saints will be a you know an, another good test, another good test for that too. Uh, Tim at NYG Tim, one of the things you guys didn't talk about too much about was the final drive that Devito led. How impressed were you guys with his footwork, accuracy, and the and the ability to read an ad? Ooh, it's the season for giving and gathering. It's always the season for giving and gathering, right, Justin? Right. Maybe not always for gathering. It's not always, you know, the year of Jubilee, you don't want to gather. Bobby loves giving compliments. Giving. I do love, I actually do love giving compliments. I don't want to gather compliments, but I'll give them. And with HelloFresh, it can also be this, uh, the season of saving. Actually, save money this month with fresh recipes delivered cheaper than takeout baby and with pre-portioned ingredients you'll never waste money on excess food which is huge unless you have a bunch of like if you, unless you have a bunch of kids like making the right amount of food is a ch- uh, challenge after a full and if you have a bunch of kids give them a bunch of hello fresh after a full day of work there's still so much to do some days it feels like eating a, a wholesome dinner is next to impossible. But with HelloFresh, you can turn busy weeknights into memorable meal times with delicious practical options designed to save you time. Like their 15-minute meals. Spend your time this month shopping for gifts and sipping cocoa. Not stuck in the checkout line. 
I hate going to the store, by the way. Sign up for HelloFresh. HelloFresh. I, I don't know why I'm saying hello like that. HelloFresh. Hello. HelloFresh. Hello, fresh meat, uh, Justin. Justin, meat fresh. Hello, fresh. And get everything you need to whip up a fresh, tasty meal delivered to your door. You just got delivered to my door. Guess what one of the things they sent me, Justin? What? Tommy Cutlets. Chicken oh, Cutlets. no way. Just choose your recipe, select a delivery date, and relax knowing dinner is on the way. Maybe Tommy DeVito will come with them. HelloFresh has over 45 recipes and more than 100 seasonal add-on items to choose from every week. So it's easier than ever to find something everyone will enjoy. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've gotten the HelloFresh in the past. I just got some new today. It is truly, like, it's nice to get a quick, nice meal, good portion control. Go to HelloFresh.com slash world free. Not the free world, but world free. And use code world free for free breakfast for life breakfast one breakfast item per box will uh while subscription is active that's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash world free with code world free and start using america's number one meal kit today breakfast next question you'll be glad you did can you imagine tommy devito just like pops out of the box being like i don't know what i'm doing here he pops out of the box and he goes Breakfast. All right, next question. He goes, I'm Italian. Did you know? Breakfast. No, no clue. Uh, what did, I actually want to, I thought the first half of this question was actually like a good a good question. Did, do you have any like thoughts, not even like Tommy DeVito, but like schematically out of the final drive? Because I'll, I'll tell you what, it's been like rare that we've seen you know, the the Giants offense, and this is across all these different coaching staffs, like operate a straight up passing two minute situation to go down there and kick a field goal, win a game and shit like that. So do you have any like thoughts like schematically or even just whatever from that? Well, final they took draft? those three, those first three throws were just quick throws because the, the Packers, de- like the Packers defense already like plays way too off, right? Like everybody, like it would again, it would drive me fucking nuts if I was a Packers fan. And I know it does. Like I follow Marcus Whitman, the franchise guy. He's a Packers guy and it drives him nuts. Uh, and so he's like, all right, let's just hit quick hitches and stuff, hit these quick throws. And then they kind of play up a little bit. And then Wandale beats that guy. DeVito is, is, is reading that, throws it, bam. And then they run the ball until they, Get it. So it was only four yeah. plays, but the Wandale explosive. Um, they took advantage Helped. of the Wandale explosive. Yeah, what um, was that, we'll talk about Wandale and, Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Wandale in a bit. So, next question. Next question is coming from Deke Freak seventy two at JJ Deke Freak seventy two. I think from what we've seen from Devito in the offense, that we need to get this coaching staff a young quarterback to develop. Do you agree with this? And that they need to go get a QB. I do now. I don't. I won't say need because again, you don't. You never force a need, right? So if you're not in a position where there's a QB you want, then you don't. You don't force that need. Also, it's kind of funny how the narrative has changed again on the coaches, where it's like this guy is an idiot, but they don't, you know, fire this guy. And now it's like, hey, these guys can, they can do miracles. Uh, Which like is things why are starting to heat up is important. <laughs> and now they're saviors again. Um, now we've always been pretty steadily like this. Keep this coaching staff intact. Uh and specifically, like, what they do with, like, the quarterback position in their offense. Uh, here's the thing. I've been th- thinking about, like, what you said about, you know, around two and round three and me maybe changing my philosophy on that. And I get that there have been guys like Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Brock Purdy. But 
Man, the, the league is made up of top 10 QBs, right? And I know Dak's having a great year, but people have always looked at those guys as like the talent around them has built them up, right? And I and I disagree, right? Like those guys are good, really good quarterbacks, but there is questions of like how good are they because of, you know, the talent around them. I, I want a QB who everyone thinks is great and not someone who you think that you can make look good or great, right? Like I, that's... That's what I want, right? I want them to take a great prospect and make him great. Like I'm confident that they won't break any like any of these players like other Giants coaching staffs have done. That's what I want, you know. And that's why I like I, again, I'm I've never whatever, tank whatever. But I just I here's what else. I hope that they are in a position to get someone like they would take with a top 3 pick. Where if they just were if they were just third in the draft, like they would be like, "Okay, let's take this guy right yeah. here." They obviously made a mistake with Daniel Jones, and that, and, and I'm saying that with hindsight. I'm saying that with with hindsight on on my side. They obviously made a mistake with Daniel Jones, and the mistake that they made with Daniel Jones is giving him 160 million dollars on the back of what was possibly not sustainable success, and the thing that they were going to ask him to do better this year was the thing that he flat out could not do, and that's one of the reasons why this season has been a flat out disaster. Is that they've asked they asked him to get more explosive, they asked him to operate more of a modern offense, and Daniel Jones just could not do that this year. And that is on Joe Shane in this regime on making that decision to invest in Daniel Jones like that after one year of what was a fun year, and I'm not saying last year was a fluke. I'm not I'm not saying No, that. I hate when people say shit like that. But what I want the Giants and Joe Shane and Brian Dable to do at the quarterback position this time around is to not push the envelope and to not invest in a quarterback because you feel like you need to invest in a quarterback or you know draft a guy in the first round like you said like if you draft a guy if the guy if Jaden let's just use Jaden Daniels as the hypothetical example I haven't done any work on Jaden Daniels but Jaden Daniels hypothetically does not go in the in the top 5 but we're picking 11th in the draft Jaden Daniels falls to 11 I don't want the Giants picking a guy like Jaden Daniels at 11 because they feel like they need to. I want him, again with you, I want him picking Daniels as 11 because they legitimately feel like they could take him. They like have him ranked as like, oh, the third player of the draft or the fourth player of the draft. Um, You know, that I want Brian Dable and Joe Shane to get somebody who they're willing to put their jobs on the line for. That's what I want. And they kind of accelerated it a little bit with Daniel Jones and they did a good job of, you know, we can kind of get out of this contract, even though a dead cap of 20 something million is going to hurt in 2025. But that's what I don't, don't rush the QB move because you feel like you need to make a QB move. Cause it's clear that they can hosh posh this for a little bit with a guy like Tommy DeVito. Even if they go out and sign a guy, a free agent, like Gardner Minshew, Baker Mayfield, and I'm just throwing names out there. I'm not advocating for that. Even if they want to sign a guy because they feel like they can't draft one or they do want to draft one in the third round, you can sign one of those guys. He could start. Daniel Jones can rehab. I They have options because I think even they could find a quarterback, and if they build them up enough, the Giants will be okay and not tankathon like they were earlier in the year. Uh, yeah, here's what I don't want them to do. I don't want them to take a Hendon Hooker guy type, though, right? Like, I don't want them to take, uh, you know, Stetson Bennett, who went in uh, the fourth round. Like, I don't I don't want those types of guys being drafted, though. 
like I know it's a good in hindsight you could say oh take a guy like Jalen Hurts who has you know all the athletic ability and and he had accuracy issues but obviously that improved um I'm not and, saying this will happen but but Jalen Hurts was like, like a was a Heisman candidate that last year at Oklahoma he wasn't the same player he was at Alabama um Dak so was you, always very good at Mississippi State now Purdy would be the one where it's like it's hard to see that but we all we all we all realize how good the San Fran situation right. is. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy. Let's just use those three. Like you, you wouldn't. I love Russ, by the way, too. But I was also. Not I think the doing difference between work. those guys that we just talked about. I don't. I, I didn't watch Purdy in college, so I don't know if you can make the. Oh, oh he's mobile and he can move. Purdy right? looked solid in college, right? But he wouldn't have like been on that list pre-draft for me. Like no. I, I watched him because I watched a lot of Charlie Kohler, um, uh, Brees Hall, and Hutchinson. But so I didn't like do like a thing on him, but he looked like he got the ball out. Like he 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 played well. I think the difference um, between those like Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, and you mentioned Stetson Bennett. Um, you you mentioned Hendon Hooker, so Hendon Hooker maybe not part of fully part of this conversation. I think the I don't if the Giants were to take a quarterback day two or day three, I think he would have to move. He would have to be able to move whether it's in the pocket, outside of the pocket. Uh, the, Brian Dable. Joe what about Shane a guy like Will is, Levis? They're not taking a guy that can't move. Um, again, as a in, like late in the first, as a, I mean, he went in the second round. Yeah, I mean, sure. If if they if they view him, if they view him as a second round player and as a player like on their board, it's like this is a player that that we can. That this is the player that we have graded as a second round player, or it's a player that we have graded higher than everyone else. Then take him. Don't force it just because of the position right but the, here's where i want to plant my flag in though is that like if you tell me the two options like hey you get a guy that you like in the second or third round or it's like you can take a guy that you really like in top five i'm always like going for the top five the nfl is made up of those guys right but they're not uh, gonna have it i i unless they lose out which they could i i don't I think mean, they'll I'm, probably have a top they'll probably have like the fifth or sixth pick what do you do you how many games do you see them winning out of the last four? I want to win all of them. I know, I know. Trust me, so do I. So do I. Like I want to. I want to beat. The I Saints. legit I wanna... think that they can beat New Orleans this week. Me and too, I... but I don't think they're going to win the other three games. No. I'm do, I'm Delulu right now. So yeah. talk to so me. I, talk I think to me I, in the offseason. <laughs> like the preview pod for the Saints game tomorrow is going to be talking about like winning that game, where the Eagles ones won't be like this. Like. Yeah we'll talk about that team, but we're not going to give you the path to success, yeah. like a, this clear-cut path to success because this is the way this team yeah. is. I'm talking um, with the point of view that the Giants will not be in a position to grab a top quarterback. You're talking about the Giants may be in a position to grab a top quarterback this year in this year's draft, and you're and you're advocating to take that top quarterback if they're there, which I agree with. But, yeah, but I, don't, I would I don't be willing to they're... trade up two slots if I needed to. Right? Oh, I'm if, not going to do I'm not going to do the Bryce Young trade, but if I'm if they want to trade up, up from then they trade off to third. Like what did what did Arizona trade for um with uh with with the Texans for Will Anderson? Now I know it's a little different with the quarterback. It was a, it was a little it was a little bit of a good haul for for Arizona. They well, yeah, because like they they've, they got the guy they wanted and the pick. They have a million. They have a million first round picks. See, they traded the Texans dealt the first and third their first and third round picks. Obviously, it's just off the first. So third round pick. Drop down nine, and they drop, but they drop down nine spots. Um, why can't you just look up Google what the fucking the picks were? Why do you have to, like just 
And they all want us to be to click this damn article. And and that's an obvious move from the Houston Texans of D'Amico Ryan's and um, you know, the former the former Patriots guy. That's an obvious move from them that says, all right, well, we're we're putting our nuts on the table and CJ Stroud is our guy and we're and we're gonna well, ride. Well they drafted CJ Stroud with their slot and they traded up for Will Anderson. Right. Right. So I mean well with they with them taking with them taking the quarterback. That's that's what I'm saying. With them taking the quarterback, that was an obvious move of okay, we're this is the move that we're gonna put our jobs on the line for for this guy. And my whole point is is that I don't want Joe Shane and Brian Dable. Like I, I think it was clear in twenty nineteen that Dave Gettleman needed to just draft a quarterback. It, it, he needed to draft a quarterback because the fan like I was out for blood. I was like, I, I need Eli out. I need somebody other than Eli Manning to be quarterback. But I don't want Joe Shane and Brian Dable to feel like they have to take a quarterback. I really feel like they can hodgepodge it a lo- for at least a certain period of time before fans will really start to get rambunctious about, all right, well, we just need a quarterback. We need a long-term quarterback. We need a long-term quarterback. Joe Shane talked about patience over the, the bye week. Like he said, oh, you know, after making the playoffs last year and then signing Daniel Jones to that money and giving, you know, giving a lot of money and extensions out to in-house people, Joe Shane preached patience. And I think this will inevitably be part of that patience process. Now let's see if he sticks to his word. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree, but I hope they're I hope they don't get put in a situation where now I don't think the owners will be like, you need to get a damn quarterback. We've talked about that, but we'll see. All right, next question. Next question is coming from Jake. Jake Salazzoni at Jake Salazzoni. You think he's a... Excuse me, Jack. Jack Salazzoni at Jack Salazzoni. You think he's a people pizza person? He's a Tommy DeVito fan. With Wandale coming off of one of his biggest games of his career on Monday, do you see the Dable and Kafka... Do you see Dable and Kafka trying to get the ball to him more down the stretch this year? Maybe a little more, but the this coaching staff is not going to be like a force it to. I mean, we've seen Jalen Hyatt have big games like, all right, get him more involved. Yeah. He has two catches the next game. It's just, I don't think any of these wide receivers are currently force it to type guys, anyways. But their coaching staff who's going to like use game plan and and what the defense is doing to what they're doing. But here's what I want. I just want, I just use this question to talk about Wanda. He would be second for me for most improved player award on the Giants this year right now. Right, and I won't give I won't give away who's first, but like, and I can make the argument for him. I can make the argument for Wandale. Like, I, I, there has been like real improvement in Wandale, even if the numbers don't show it. Like, the route running in the quick game has gotten way more crisp and tight. Right, where like the, like people just view like, oh, he's short, he's quick, like he's gonna be a good route runner. Like he wasn't a good route runner at Kentucky. He's grown a lot in those short type routes, and then in the intermediate game, he used to like almost like jump stop into his like his breaks right which again is just pr- like good corners that's they're gonna eat that shit alive he's not doing that and then you have like the transition to win those that corner route that he had to end the game earlier in the game when tommy devito missed him like those are silky smooth he's using you know route cell with leverage like he's doing a lot of good things and if you get a quarterback who's like looking to improvise and throw the ball down the field like on some broken plays he can be used in that um, and if he starts getting more respect down the field, it's going to make the quick game a lot easier for him. Like I, I, Wandale to me has been, it's been very impressive that he improved and not just improved, but improved coming off of the torn ACL. 
where that was the frustration. That's why it's like coming into this season, I wasn't very high on Wandale at all because like there still needs to be a lot that has improved from his game. But he was coming off a torn ACL, so he really didn't get the chance to do it. Well, he spent that time doing it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Dan Schneier even brought up the. I saw him tweet like, Wandale was used a little bit like Debo this D- Debo this past weekend. Now he, I think he had the one the one carry out of the backfield. I'm I'm not ready to to go that far, but. I mean, clearly this this coaching staff has the confidence to to use him in a variety of ways. And something that I thought was really impressive and something that I thought was fun and like, oh, we, we want the Giants to be more of a modern offense, right? The majority of the Wandell Robinson big plays that he had on Monday, what was he doing at the snap of the ball, Bobby? Um, Motion. I'm, I'm just going to guess that you're going to say Going in that. motion. And I love that. I, I absolutely love that. I think it gives... It, I don't. I don't think the motion at the snap gave Wondell Robinson like the advantage of being open on those plays that it was big on. But you know, it it, it helps out Tommy DeVito to read the defense. Are you in man? Are you in zone? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, even the the run out of the backfield that just adds another element to what this offense can do. And that was even a wild card. That that was a wildcat look, which was which was fun too. So they ran that versus Seattle, which is DJ out in for like a nice nine ten yard gain too. Yeah, yeah. Did a breakdown on that on that. Here's. Concept. I do want to see Wandale involved more because now I feel like he can be an advantage. He has been getting open, and we talked about you know the, his 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 open rate, his separation rate, whatever you know whatever stat you know against single man coverage. Which hey, what was that? You know the big thirty yard play, the final drive of the game that looked to be single man coverage. He puts twenty five on ice, you know with you know putting that cutting back at the stem of the route, open right near the sideline. So I want to see Wandale Robinson used more often simply because he has been an advantage and he's been open in this offense. Um, you know, he's a little speed guy. You know, he get he can get yards after the catch. I also want to see if he can handle taking hits. That's also a part of it for me, too. Like, I, you know, there's there's been games where, okay, Wandale showed up, Wandale's here, and then he doesn't kind of goes away for a little bit. I want to see in the NFL, can Wandale Robinson take hits and stay healthy, uh, you know, a, a couple weeks on, on a run here? That's that's also what I want to see, too. Yeah. But yeah, I've been very, imp- I've been so impressed with Wandale yeah. again. He, like he's up for most improved player on the Giants this year for me. Blink twice if Kayvon's number one. I only blinked once. You only blinked once. I only um, blinked once. I will say that I, I want to touch on the rest of the receivers too. I think Darius Slayton is having a good year. I think Jalen Hyatt is having a good year, and it's not. From like oh the stats standpoint, obviously because the Giants aren't scoring points, but I think as wide receivers, we obviously don't have that alpha number one. I'm not looking at anybody in this wide receiver. I'm even going to throw Isaiah Hodgins in this, even though he is the odd man out this year. I- I'm not viewing anybody in this wide receiver room besides Paris Campbell and Sterling Shepard. So let's just use those three guys as the main example: Wondell Robinson, Darius Slayton, Jalen Hyatt, with Hodgins being fourth. I want all those guys on the roster next year. Like I view them as like as like pieces. Obviously, Wandale and Jalen Hyatt will be. Slayton can be with this contract, and I think Hodgins is under contract anyway next year. So all of them should be here, and I want them to contribute even next year. I see them Absolutely. as like future pieces. And if, and if there's not like a, a obvious wide receiver upgrade in the draft that you're going to get, even though I do think they're going to be in a position to do that and will, like you can roll with these guys for another year, right? They are not they are not hindering you from running a good offense like the wide receivers have literally been the least of the issues yeah uh this year for the offense so um i'm 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 happy with the wide receiver play on the giants right now sure all right next question nico risen at nico risen here we go 
different language here. Pioi legere un agianta, agiantu unta. That probably means read an ad in a different I, language. I'm going to assume that in Italian it means read an ad. Now, sure. you may have said something horribly racist right there and you didn't know, but uh, I'm going to assume that means read an ad. So why don't you read an ad? Oh, I'll read an ad. I'll talk about something. Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? I can't. We got to make every second count in with DraftKings, with the, with the DraftKings Sportsbook. You can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning the big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. Get in get in on the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code WORLD. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five bucks on the NFL. Only on the DraftKings Sportsbook with code WORLD, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, must be 21 or older. Most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility in the pod restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance terms at sportsbook.draftlings.com slash football terms you'd be glad you did you'd be glad you did next question giants future at future underscore giants has deontay banks exceeded your expectations in his rookie season or has he played how you would expect him to play well first i want to bring this up because i want to talk i want to talk through this because i i just usually i want to tweet this but i did so i did a bleacher report video and one of the concepts i wanted to do is i wanted to do like you know what I want to put together some categories for um, Giants players on the team. And I did it for basically like guys who are big money contracts and then the draft picks who have been drafted in rounds one through three, right? Like I didn't, I don't need to fucking explain that like Darius Slayton and Jason Pinnock are good pieces, but they're not going to get big money. Just kind of like put in it in there. So I put together uh, five categories. One is running back. But great player, but also injured a lot. Saquon Barkley, he gets his own category because I don't feel like debating any of that with anybody. Um, so I did proven building blocks, right? Like big money, worth big money. Andrew Thomas, Dexter Lawrence, Bobby O'Carrick. Basically like guys who should be paid at the top of their position. Right? And then I did young players to like build with, which is basically like these are like, hey, in two years, I, I, I'm guaranteeing I want these guys on my team. Maybe not a guaranteed big contract, but I could see them being towards that. I did Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't think he's up in the in the first point yet. Like, I wouldn't pay him, like, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL yet, right? He's got to be more consistent on a down-and-down basis. He's not very year. happy. Right, yeah. A lot of I, – I, I think that he will get to that point, though. Wandale Robinson. Now, again, I want to talk – the positions matter. Because like I put Jalen Hyatt on here, right? Has Jalen Hyatt proven to be some great receiver? No. But to me, he's proven a valuable player for the New York Giants. But he's a young player to build with, which is the and, category that you well, have named here. Well, no, because you can <laughs> we'll talk about that. But to me, he's like a proven young player to build with. Like he has proven that he belongs to uh, uh, have a good role on this team, even if they add more talent. Uh, Xavier McKinney. Now obviously we can talk about whether we sign him or not, but he's but he's one of those players. I put John Michael Smith. He could be in the two B scene. But I really think he's going to be solid at least. I really do. Like I, I have a lot of faith in John Michael Schmitz. Um, and then I put to be seen. And this is where people got a little mad at me. I put Cordell Flott. Right? Flott could be a good player. But we could be wanting to move off of him and draft above him. And then Deontay Banks. 
And we can talk about the Deion. And then I did move off of players who don't, like, shouldn't stop you from adding. Daniel Jones, we've talked about that. Evan Neal. Again, I, I think Evan Neal is a starter at right tackle next year, but he's not stopping me from uh, drafting someone if I truly think they got the best of I player. will be very Josh, mad if Evan Neal is the starter at right tackle next year. I think he's going to be. Josh Azudu, obviously. Aziz Ojolari, that's the injury factor, right? You just can't rely on him. Matt Parrott, Aaron Robinson. Obviously, those are obvious. So Aaron Banks Robinson. is the one. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like, you can – I saw some of the arguments was, well – like, if JMS are higher than the above category than Banks is, I disagree. I think the position matters so much, right? And to answer the question, I think he's been what I expected, right? He was better than what I thought he would be originally. And then, like, I don't think we can just throw away how much he struggled when he got wide receiver one duties, right? Like, and, like, he has looked good, not great uh, uh, since, you know, kind of moving off of wide receiver one duties or playing wide receiver ones against two bad wide receiver cores in the Packers and Patriots, right? Like the Packers without Christian Watson are a certified bad receiving group. The Patriots may be the worst receiving group in the NFL. But again, I, I don't think we can just discount like, well, he's playing against wide receiver ones. Uh, you know, Garrett, like Garrett Wilson's the same age as him and he, he cooked him, right? So quarterback is the hardest position in the NFL, which means looking like you uh, belong is very good, right? And Deontay Banks absolutely looks like he belongs. I'm happy with his progression. I'm like, I'm absolutely like, I, I'm happy with his progression, uh, this season. But looking like you belong also does not graduate anywhere near into a really good player at the cornerback position or someone that you can build around. And he just didn't, he didn't look like he belonged versus wide receivers ones. And again, he was the same age as Garrett Wilson who cooked him, right? And, to me, like, well, oh, the argument, like, well, he's cornerback too. But I think if you're a young player that we're building with to be cornerback two, you have to be good enough to play cornerback one. Like, Adora Jackson is probably best as a cornerback two, but he's capable of being cornerback one, right? When you, when we talk about building a really good team, like, not judging it by the last four years of shitty rosters of Fabian Moreau and Corey Ballantyne, like these type of corners. Obviously, he's above those types of players, but building with them. And to me, his season has not been anywhere near to be a proven, like, when I say, like, proven, like, I like I know for a fact I'm going to want these guys on my team starting in two years. Yeah. That's, that's what, that's what I, that's why he's in my to be seen. He's, listen, he's, he's shown a lot. He's shown flashes, but he's also had flashes of really bad. So, yeah, I'm happy with Deontay Banks' development, but I, I, I don't think we're anywhere near graduating into, like, this guy's slam dunk really good player. No. One of my main offseason priorities is find a, CB, find a CB1. And that's not a dis, that's not a dismissal at Deontay Banks not calling him a CB1. You need two great corners in this league to me. You do. I mean, you, you, you flat out do. Um, you know, I, when was – the most fun secondary group was when we had James Bradbury and Adoree Jackson both, you know, doing what they got doing what they got to do in the secondary. That was that was really fun, and you know, we we talked about that, you know, that group as being like, oh, this could be like a really big, really big advantage, you know. And you see some of these best teams like they have two, they have two corners that are capable of covering wide receiver ones. So um, that is like a main priority for me this this offseason. It's not a dismissal towards Deontay Banks, but it's clear that he's not ready to handle those duties like cornerback just because oh Dory jackson's moving along moving along we have deontay banks oh all we need to do is find our cb2 whether we draft that guy or whether we sign in a free agency no like i'm i'm big game i'm big game hunting for cornerback specifically in free agency this offseason yeah i want to pair someone with deontay banks right and, yes and if you like when the season ends right let's say just the season ended right now and we're doing an offseason episode like who do you think is going to be the most improved player 
Deontay Banks would be my pick on that, right? As long as he's a hard worker, right? And we hope that they drafted someone that's a hard worker. There's been nothing to show. There's been nothing that indicates that he's not a hard worker. Like, he will be my pick for most improved player on the Giants, right? Because I do have big expectations for him. But he has to improve a lot to to show he belongs as one of those guys. Because, again, cornerback is a position to me where, again, like, has Jalen Hyatt proven that he's a really good wide receiver in the NFL? No, but I think he's always going to be valuable. Like, he has proven that he's valuable, and when he's on the end of his contract, I'm probably going to want him re-signed on the Giants. Yeah, because right? think of the expectations that you have for Jalen Hyatt to be the deep weapon, to be, you know... the, the He's not, proven that. He's proven that he can already do that. The expectations for Jalen Hyatt isn't to be wide receiver one, but you drafted Deontay Banks in the first round with the expectation that he can eventually be CB1. And it, and literally, in your words, it is to be seen whether Deontay Banks can be a number one corner in the NFL. And you could still have that opinion while still being happy with what he's done in his rookie year. Yeah, absolutely, right? Like, basically, when I'm looking at this, and JMS, maybe I broke my own rules with this a little bit, but I truly believe in JMS. And center is a position where I think slightly above average is fine, right? Yeah. Where Deontay Banks, where cornerback, I don't want my outside corner, like, my goal is not to be, like, I'm not happy with slightly above average. Um, but basically, like, this is, like, if these guys were, like, looking for contracts with Jalen, I would be, like, find a way to re-sign Jalen Hyatt. Obviously, not giving big money. If it was Deontay Banks, it'd be, like, uh, I'm okay if he walked. If he yeah, was well, playing well, at this not. level in year, in year four. Right. Right. That's right. basically what I'm, I'm looking at this right now. It's, like, proven young guys to build with. Yeah. Um, now, so. I will say... Deontay Banks would be the player if they go from a, if Wink Martindale leaves and they go from a man scheme to a zone scheme. I feel like Deontay Banks would be the player that would benefit the most from that. Um, I don't know because he's got all the man coverage skills and he can be great in man coverage. I don't think he, I think he would benefit from like not being like picked on when he is facing wide receiver. He's ones, already right? good in zone coverage. So I, so I, what I did recently he is he's better in zone than man right now. But what I'm saying is like, he's like the goal for him. And he has all the abilities to when he is in man coverage on a wide receiver one, he's not being picked on. What I did recently is and I that's checked, way more valuable than his own corner. I checked in on the man coverage stats and zone coverage stats on PFF. Cause they, cause they divide the coverage scheme stats. A couple weeks ago, Deontay Banks was number one in the NFL in snaps against man coverage, snaps lining up in man coverage. He's not number one anymore. He's actually gone down the ninth. And Bobby, has that kind of, I, without you going on a long explanation, because I'm just asking this for clarification, within the last couple weeks, probably like the last month, Wink Martindale's played more zone? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Uh-huh. So that it, it's it's reflected in, in these overall rankings where you have da- Stefan Gilmore and Deron Bland are, are number one and number two. Benjamin St. Juice and Kendall Fuller are also in the top ten together. So you see a lot of teammates together. There was a point where Deontay Banks and Adoree Jackson were up here in the top ten snaps in man coverage, even though I think there was a point where Adoree Jackson was hurt this year. So Deontay Banks, he's still top ten in overall snaps against man coverage. So if I'm just looking at the group of corners – that have a lot of snaps against man coverage. He's allowing one of the higher completion percentages of 16.5% completion percentage allowed against man. Some of these other guys are around 53.750. Miles Brandt with New Bryant versus New England is 77.4, so better than that. 
Uh, Patrick Peterson, uh, hey, I'm glad Deontay Banks is playing better than Patrick Peterson. He's at 62.5. So it's not it's not awesome, but it's also not not the best. The yards per reception is 14.3. And again, I'm, I'm just looking at the guys that are around him. There's a lot of guys that are averaging lower than that, and there are some guys that are averaging higher. But it's the numbers against zone coverage, where a lot of these man coverage corners, when they're playing in zone, Deontay Banks' numbers is just flat out better. Is just flat out better than a lot of these other corners that are also playing a lot of snaps against man coverage. So, um, like the completion percentage is lower, the yards per reception is a lot lower. Um, he really is better right now in in zone than man. But I also do trust in his skill set to play in man. I think you saw that you know the past deflection in the fourth quarter. That skill set can pl- he can play man coverage. At the same time, like that was a great play recovery by him, but it was a recovery. And if that's right. a better throw, that could be a touchdown. And we're talking about he gave up a game-winning touchdown, but it didn't. So I'm not going to do that revisionist bullshit. Um, so and and you know, every zone is just it's you're not going to give up as many big plays. So I, I understand that, but you're you're judging him against like the other man corners. So there's like a lot of room to grow. But again, I. He's drafted to be a man corner. I wanted to see him continue to grow in man, but there's a lot of room. To, there's a lot of room to grow, yeah. right? And people will point at me. I don't use PFF grades. But people are like, well, look at JMS's PMF, P, PFF grade. Well, look at Deontay P- Banks's PFF grade. Yeah, I mean, Banks <laughs> is 111th of 127 cornerbacks. Like he's he's one spot behind yeah. Eli Apple. Um, but I will, I, again, but I, will I don't say use PFF the, grades, but don't. That's when people po- point to me with PFF grades. I'm going to hit you back with that. The but. comparison. You know, and like what scares me always about drafting corners high is, well, look at the other Giants corners that have came out of the draft with DeAndre Baker and Eli Apple. Like I, I would say well, he's been better than those guys. But that's what me. I'm saying. Where it's like, hey, you know, we're we're the expectation because of my fan brain is that these corners are going to come in, be drafted in the first round, and be terrible. He has not been terrible, and and, and I and I will even go as far to say. De- Deontay Banks is a plus for this defense. Just don't ask him to cover wide receiver ones consistently. Yeah. Like, if you ask, like, what's his best output versus a good receiver? It's probably DK Metcalf. And Metcalf yeah. scored a touchdown on him. And you've seen yeah. him give up plays to lesser players. Not It's not just wide receiver ones. But I'm just going to – we'll finish with this. Like, I'm going to read this note. And I said earlier, like – Cornerback is the hardest position in the NFL, which means looking like you belong is a very good thing, but it does not graduate anywhere near into a really good player. And he didn't look like he belonged versus wide receiver once, including a guy at his same age like Garrett Wilson. Um, so, all right, next question. We can go quick with this next question. It's a little kind of fun. Next question is coming from Wes Locke. How would you rank the Giants' rookie classes from 2020 to 2020? Two. He said 23, but we're going to cut out 23 because it's their rookie year. Yeah. Um, based on their performance and impact on the current slash future team. So do you look back classes. at 2020 as a good draft? Because I still do. Like, I look at if I, if Dave Gunman had a 2020 offseason every year, he'd be like the best GM in football. Like, free agency, trades, everything. That 2020 year was really good and you have Andrew Thomas who's the best pick since Odell and if he shakes the injury bug then he'll be a better pick than Odell Xavier McKinney's an awesome second round pick like you screwed up the third and pair but you got two players in Darnay and Crowder who started a lot of games for you obviously again not slam dunks but they started games for you and I think Crowder would look better next to a good linebacker like he did with Blake Martinez we've seen how Mike McFadden how that's changed his game and then you get two core special teamers in Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin um I look at that as a, a good draft class. Not one of the best draft classes ever, but 
you look at the Giants' last 10 draft classes, that's probably number one. Now, Jerry Reese fucking sucked at the end of his run, but that's got to be number one. It, it is number one. I'm literally, I'm, I'm, I literally went back to 2014, even 20, like 2013, 2014 had Pew, 2013 had Jonathan Hankins, Justin Pugh, but nobody else from that draft class. Demontre yeah, Warren just kept that. getting, who just kept getting arrested. So, uh, 2013 is a good draft class because you get two starters. Sure. Yeah. 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 2020 by, by far. Cause you have one, two. Matt Parrott's not part of this team. Darnay Holmes can even stop. Darnay Holmes can stay on this team. He can get a second contract. I'm fine with that. One, two, three, four, five, got five guys that are still on the team right now. I don't even know if I counted Matt Parrott and then Tay Crowder, who was a six, who is, is a successful draft. Technically, pick. um, more because Shane Lemieux is technically still in the roster. Shane Lemieux, still, I, he's, he's he's done. He's been he's been he's survived because he keeps on going on IR and he's right, somehow survived. Right. Cut yeah, I, this I, year. I, he's done. So I'm not I'm counting him as a that is unfortunately a failed draft pick. Um, but yeah, 2020 is the the best 100. The next would be 2022. Kayvon and Wandale, who are both good ascending players. You have yeah. a solid player in Daniel Bellinger, uh, Mikey McFadden, who looks really good despite. He's kind of coming off the field on every third down and long now. I'm willing um, to back off my take of I said, you know, oh, if 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 all if any of the 2022 draft picks, if their contracts were up tomorrow, would you resign any of them? And I got a lot of flack and hate on Twitter. Well, they guess what? They've started to look better. So uh, I'm I'm backing off that take. But Neil still, being a bust <laughs> stops it from being a really good draft class. Like if Kayvon and Wandale ascend to what we can, we can look back and be like, hey, we, we got better out of this draft class, right? You get yeah. a Bellinger, you get a McFadden. Neil Azudu Neil and being Flott. a bust makes it a uh, – if, if again, Neil can still improve. I don't think Neil's ever going to improve into a really – a top 10 pick level player. But if he can get to a solid player, it makes it look like a lot of lot better draft. But I don't yeah. think it'll go down as one of like this – look at this draft class back at it. Having five picks in the top 100 and hitting on two – you would have liked to really hit on one more. We'll see what happens with Flaut. Um, Azudu, obviously, you know, he's in the same conversation as Matt Parrott. And then 2021 is just an all-time disaster. Tony, and like the one good player is so injury-prone in the season of July. You traded up for Aaron Robinson, who hasn't been on the field. since It feels like Joe Judge was the head coach. And then Ellerson, Smith, I hated that pick. Gary Brightwell hated that you pick. Hated and then I liked pick. the Rodarius pick, but he was a 25-year-old corner, yeah. too. Yeah, pretty simple. Still love this year's draft class. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was I, – I love – now, I didn't get my Andrew Thomas out of this class, but the Giants weren't picking fourth overall. No. Like, I, I am I am still excited for this 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 most recent – I'm not still. I'm really excited about this draft class, right? You get Banks. We just talked about JMS. Hyatt have a lot of hope and faith in those guys. Uh, now, you didn't get a fourth-round pick. We'll see what Eric Gray – but – like I'm still excited to once Javarius Owens gets to see the field, what he can do. Uh, Trey Hawkins, I know it's been a weird rookie situation, but there's still a there's there can be a good player in that body. Um, so yeah, who was the other pick? Jordan Riley. Jordan Riley. But was there anyone else? No, yeah, that that was it. Yeah, that's it. So, but I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to see what I like. We could. I I'm I'm excited to look back at this draft class. I really hope. 
I really think we can look back at it with a lot of favor. That's if Banks becomes great, JMS becomes what I expect JMS to become an entire developing and playing with a different quarterback. Yeah, I mean the fun the fun thing about this draft class is like you know you can easily see the the top three picks becoming like starters, uh, you know, like good good starters. They already are starters, but like really good starters. And then there's one there's four guys left. I can I could see Eric Ray making it through his rookie contract. I could I like I could see all those four of those guys making it through their rookie contracts, and I think that would maybe Javarius Owens doesn't because Shut of a stupid because mouth. of a numbers game because of a numbers game. I want him to, um, but I could easily see all four of those guys making it through their rookie contracts. And if you're talking about day three players, if they make it through their rookie contracts, I even think that's a that's a success. Yep. All right, next question. Next question, Bobby, get ready, because Angry Yodel is asking, uh, what if Benton Whitley wants Bobby or Justin to read an ad before the next question? He would probably pick me, right? Oh, oh, like if he wants Bobby or Justin, yeah, he would definitely pick you. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. Go check it out for bowl games. Like, bowl games, you can find some good deals. I'm I'm planning on attending the Pop-Tarts Bowl, formerly known as the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, Cheez-Its. Stop putting orange soda in our mouths. They always want to make sure that you're getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means good. Red means bad. And I'm going to get to our Orlando Magic game eventually. Cranky was talking. He texted me about going Friday to the Knicks game. But I don't know if I want to go to a Knicks game, right? It's, it's a Knicks. And to be blunt, I know we're in the middle of SeatGeek ad. They're going to find you the best deal for that game. But the Knicks are, are, are a big draw because there's a lot of New Yorkers here in Florida. The Magic are good, too, by the way. Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee. And SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. Which, again, is a true game changer. What, else, what other place gives you swaps? We've got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. You'll be glad you did. Last question. Tommy DeVito's dad is running ads for his plumbing business on WFAN. Do you want to listen to it? Yeah, I absolutely want to. We'll okay. give him a free ad. Do you want to? Do you know Nikki Cass? Uh, hi, I'm, Mike, uh, I'm Michael Belafonte, but my neighbors call me Mikey B. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-GUTTAS. I don't know that, but it sounds funny. Pulis Blower. I've installed Pulis Blowers throughout my career, and they're the best choice for all your heating needs. Take it from me, Tom DeVito of DeVito Plumbing, to visit PulisBlowers.com for a dealer near you. Remember, Pulis Blowers are the world's best built blowers. People ask me all the time, are Pulis Blowers really the best? My answer, forget about it. That is exactly the Nikki Cass skit, by the way. I got to see um, this Nikki casket. That's great. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it right now, dude. We got to get Tommy DeVito's dad to do some plumbing at our house, or your house. Sure. Do it. Just call him. Just be like, oops, it's. Do you gotta... you just call him and you take the picture, like looking out your window, but like, what the fuck, Tommy DeVito's dad is at my door. Side of your house and see him. All right, hold on. Are you tired of looking at the side of your house and seeing mildew? Are your gut is just not working properly no matter what you do? Hi, I'm Michael Belafonte, but my friends call me Mikey B. My family and I have been serving this community for the last 42 years. 
cleaning your gutters, and power washing the sides of your houses. Here at Belafonte Power Washers and Gutters, we understand how important it is to have a clean-looking house. Besides your family, your house is one of the most important things that you got. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-GUTTERS and get started today. And remember, if your gutters are wonky, call Belafonte. I mean, Tommy DeVito's father just had a similar last last line that was corny. What was uh, Tommy DeVito's father's last line? The last the last line was. Forget about it. Forget about it. So that was great. That that made me laugh. I don't know if it's made. You're not laughing. You don't get it. I got. I had to hear it originally. You're not. You're not. Got, you're not from got, around here. All right? No, it got built up as something. I get it. I it's just. You know, it's like you got. If I just heard that like originally, I would have laughed. Call one eight. Call one eight hundred. Fix my gutters. Yeah, that's. If that's your gutters are wonky, call Belafonte. Forget about line. it. Does Bobby still watch Trailer Park Boys? Crabtree wants to know. I haven't watched in a long time. You know what show? Have you ever heard? Like, do you know Eastbound and Down? Eastbound and no. With Danny McBride, Kenny Powers. No, Danny McBride's funny though. Yeah, do you, you, you know the Kenny Powers ca- like at least the character? Yeah. Man, I haven't watched that since college, and I've been rewatching it. Just like kind of like I put it on when I'm eating lunch or something, or when I don't like at the end of the day. That show's so fucking tough. <laughs> Any relation to Austin? No, no. it's basically a, a parody of you know John Rocker is the old Braves pitcher. Sure. Basically, yeah, you don't. I knew you. I, I don't blame you too much for that one. It's basically a parody of John Rocker, and it's just like ridiculously. It's just such a stupid show. Where it's like I don't even know if I can justify watching this show. How stupid it is, but it it is funny. Like there's a great line like when Stevie Janowski, he's like, "No offense, but I thought your baby'd be a lot cooler." And I was like, "I wanted to send that to my brother who recently had a baby. baby." Yeah, but he's kind of like boring all right that's the end of the podcast that's an interview well uh i just wanted to talk about kenny powers for a couple minutes uh that's we'll be back tomorrow with a saints preview remember the last time we went down to new orleans justin how fun that game was that was that was the funnest part of 2021 absolutely so uh we're and we're gonna make some more memories and have some more fun so we appreciate you guys we will see you tomorrow until then let's go big blue